Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. If you have your Bibles, you can open them with me to 2 Kings chapter 7. And I'll just refer, I don't know how many verses that I'll point out. This is a famous story in the Old Testament that I'm going to refer to. But this fast is going to be powerful. And we as a church will have special emphasis on prayer. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to do this spontaneously. And only those who want to come can come. But we're going to have prayer meetings, you know, uh, all week. The chapel will be open at noon from from, uh, noon to 1 o'clock. And we will have prayer meetings over there. We will have prayer meetings at night, as we call them. And uh, if you want to, I'm going to come back tonight at around 5 o'clock and just pray in the sanctuary. I'll lead a prayer at 5 o'clock this afternoon. No music, nothing. We will just pray. If you don't know how to pray, I'll teach you how to pray. And the hour will go by like that. But fasting and going without food is not going to do you any good if you don't focus on the scriptures and Jesus. And one of the things that our youth pastor out in Orange County challenged me with this. I love it when Pastor Jake, he texts me and he said, I want to challenge you. He said, I did something with some of our young people last year and we, we read the Bible through in 21 days. I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah. I said, well, how many chapters is that? He said, it's 40 chapters a day. And he said, you gotta, if, you, if you do 40 chapters a day, you'll read the whole Bible through in 21 days. So he's got me on that, and I'm already 40 chapters behind. We started on the first, and I'm already 40 chapters behind, but I'm going to make them up today. Today's my day. I'll get along with the Lord, and I'll read. And I'm telling you, that's been one of the most precious things, just reading. Started in Genesis 1 that first day and read the first 40 chapters. Now, you don't have to do that. You work out your own deal that God leads you, but make sure that you're deliberate about spending time with the Lord in worship and in the Word and seeking God's face. Fasting is a hunger for God. Fasting is is hungering for God. There's no other way to fast than to hunger for God. So today I want to preach on fasting is hungering for God. Let's, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room. There's no way you're going to fast and not get hungry. There's no way in the world that you can go on this fast and not deal with hunger. And fasting is hungering for God. And hungering for God is one of the most powerful things that can grip your life. There is a a hormone in your body called ghrelin, G-H-R-E-L-I-N. It is the hunger hormone. It is what triggers you to feel hungry. Nobody has to worry about getting hungry. Nobody in this group goes to bed and kind of before they doze off, oh man, I forgot to eat all day. How many of you, that's never happened in your life? Raise your hand, be very honest. 
because you have a gene uh, or really cells that get together in your intestinal tract and in your stomach and they cause a sensation that is a ghrelin is what is, is the is the medical term for it or the physical term for it and it causes hunger to be triggered in you it it speaks to you it tells you i'm hungry and i mean it speaks literally uh, physically, because that is what causes the growling of your stomach when you're hungry. It's letting you know, and it's letting everybody on your road know you did not have breakfast. And if he would only hurry up, you could get to the restaurant very fast. And, and the only thing that will calm this, this thing inside of you, this, 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 this trigger that lets you know that you're hungry it's, it's his way of saying to you, feed me. Uh, the only thing that's going to stop that growl is if you give it a Twinkie, if you give it a cookie, if you give it some fried chicken, if you give it uh, a steak. And it's the hunger hormone. It's growling. Nobody tries to get hungry and has to remind themselves to get hungry. It's out of your control. When you understand that and you don't have to remember to get hungry. It's pretty obvious that our Greeland is working in the natural. But what if we, when we fast, we, we know that's going to make noise and it's going to flare up. But there's something too that is activated when we fast. It's our spiritual Greeland. It says, I'm hungry for more than what food can provide. I'm hungry. By the second day of the fast, time will go by so slow that you will think you're in the recreation of the miracle of the sun standing still in the book of Joshua. By this time tomorrow, you will actually believe this is the longest day of my life. This is not fun anymore. This is not enjoyable. I don't want to read the Bible because the Bible is not speaking to me. I got more out of my devotions when I was eating chips while I was reading the Bible than I'm getting going without food. This is crazy, Pastor Lied. You don't know how I know you're going to feel that way because I feel that way. But I'm praying that God will awaken that thing inside of you that hungers for God again. That says, I can't go through another year like I was. I I, I've got to have more of God. I've got to have a fresh touch of God. I've got to have an encounter with God. A hunger that drives you and pushes you and compels you to draw nearer to Jesus. A hunger from God that is that, 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 Thing that says my spiritual life has to become as active as my snack life. That every two or three hours, something in me says, I need to, I need to think of the Lord and call on the Lord and pray a little bit and talk to the Lord and put my mind on the Lord and worship him and pray for my family. And two hours later, it's gnawing at you again. Come on into my presence. Come on into my presence. Just like food does. 
And half the time you're not even hungry, just need something to chew on. You got stuff in your car, glove compartment, your little snack statues of, of food hidden all over the place. That, that your hunger for God would get like that. That you would be hungrier for Jesus than you are for something fried. When you don't pray, you're miserable like you're miserable when you haven't eaten. When you don't read the word that it, it's bothering you just like you skip breakfast and lunch and it's bothering you. You haven't spent time with the Lord. You know, when you understand what I'm talking about, when you, when you lay down at night and, and, you, and you haven't eaten and you just, you just can't sleep good. That hunger turns into prayer. Just like in the natural, the growling makes a noise. Well, your very spirit begins to cry out to God. I can't live like this. I want spiritual hunger to grip me. How hungry are you after God in this new year? Are you willing to say that I can't live this year with some things that I lived with last year? I'm not sitting here in the same place I was in this time last year because I'm hungry for God. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 7, there's the story of the lepers. Four lepers who were outside the walls. The city was under siege. They had been cut off and the people were starving. It was a dire situation. The rations of food had run out and they were so hungry that desperation had set in. They were so hungry. Everybody say hungry. And fasting is hungering for God. They were so hungry that, that they began to eat things that before would be unacceptable for consumption. So hungry were the people of the city. That the Bible said for 80 pieces of silver, they would buy donkey's heads and just tear the skin off and cook it. And that was what they were consuming. And if that wasn't bad enough, for five pieces of silver, they would get cups of doves dung. You see, when your hunger for God is not fed, then you, and you don't consume the right things, the hunger will then begin to cause you to feed on things that you should have never started feeding on. If you don't have seasons where you hunger for God and feed that hunger, you'll begin to feed the leanness of your soul, the emptiness of your soul on things that were never made for your consumption as a believer. And so many believers are carnal. They're filling themselves with activities and entertainment. And that's fine. That's good. But there comes times when nothing can satisfy our soul but Jesus. And if you don't direct your spiritual hunger, it won't be long before that hunger begins to direct you to substitute spiritual junk food. Donkey's heads and dove's dung. 
Instead of becoming what God wants you to become, you're feeding your soul on things that do not satisfy nor produce his will and his plan and his purpose in your life and in your family. You begin to feed and watch things on the internet, movies and entertainment. You're feeding all the time more and more and more and it does not satisfy. And at some point, a house and success and cars and this and that. At some point, another activity, another trip to the mountains, another trip here, another this, another that, another wow, boom, wow. We never look, we're here, we're there. At some point, it never feeds the hunger for God. So instead, we're eating donkey's heads and dove's dungs. And you ask yourself, where did I get such an appetite for this junk? It comes when you don't ever take time to feed the hunger for God. You have to feel the spiritual hunger with something that satisfies You have to address spiritual hunger. If you're a believer, there is a spiritual uh, girling hormone inside of you that yearns for God. Just like your physical body yearns and reminds you you need to eat. There is something in you that says you really need to get in the Word this year. You really need to get your prayer life. You really need to become fully alert because the enemy may come after one of your family. And I don't want you to get in a crisis. I want you and be afraid. I want you to face it with courage. And no, I never promised you that if you fast and pray, you won't face the devil. As a matter of fact, you're going to face him for sure. But I did promise you that greater would he that is in you be than he that is in the world. Somebody shout and praise God if you believe God's going to give us victory in a new year in every battle. Take a moment and praise him. I'm going to keep preaching, but take a moment and praise him. In the story in 2 Kings 7, there were four lepers who were not even allowed in the city who would camped out outside the city. They were outcast. They were lepers and literally body parts would fall off from that disease. Their life was falling apart. They were on the outskirts. They were considered nobodies. Then something amazing happened. Inside the city, the desperation reached a pinnacle, and they began to eat their own flesh, their own children. And people would say, we eat my child today, and they would boil and eat the child. That's desperation hunger. And then the next day, they would say, we eat your child, and they would make packs with one another. That's in your Bible. When people live with unsatisfied spiritual hunger, they start turning on one another. When families live with unsatisfied spiritual hunger, when marriages abide for weeks and months and years with unsatisfied spiritual hunger, it's a matter of time before they turn on each other and the enemy begins to divide, to kill, steal, and destroy. 
The answer for the home, the answer for the marriage, the answer for the family that is devouring one another is humble yourself and feast on Jesus and cry out for his miracle power to visit your home during this fast. God can do it. He's done it for me. He's done it for my family. They all love Jesus, but hell came against my family. Hell came against my marriage, but I learned how to win. If I will hunger for Jesus, the Holy Spirit will fight for our families and fight for our marriages and fight for our children and our children's children. Clap your hands if you want God to visit your home on this fast. They were consuming one another and outside the city, there's four. Four lepers, their life is falling apart and they're not important enough to even be inside the walls. The Lord told me to tell some of you something this year. He said, don't you dare let the devil tell you in 2020 you're unimportant. Don't you dare let the devil tell you that you are someone who is sitting on the sideline and you don't matter and you can't make a difference. Sometimes it's the least likely that's the most hungry. Sometimes it's the person who is the most disadvantaged is the very one who gets so hungry that that hunger causes them to, because of their disadvantage, because they've been put out, because they're on the outskirts, because their life is falling apart, they get desperately hungry for God. And God says, come on in. I'll bless you. I'm no respecter of persons. I respect anyone who will hunger and thirst after me. And the Bible said that those four lepers were sitting around and one of them had his mind probably on tacos. and One of them probably had his mind on some chicken fingers. and One of them had his mind on pecan pie or a Krispy Kreme donut. But one of them said, I can't live like this. And I want to throw this verse up. He said, why should we sit here until we die? Now I want you to notice the next verse. This is, this is almost comical. The next verse. He said, if we enter into the city, the famine is in the city, so we'll die there. If we sit here, we'll die here also. Now therefore... Come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, this is college graduate stuff right here. If they keep us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall die. <laughs> that leper said, donkeys and dove dung don't satisfy my God hunger. I've got, if I'm going to be who God's called me to do, I've got to get past my comfort zone. And the only thing that made them break out of the comfort zone of sitting where they were until they died in those depressing circumstances was hunger. What I'm preaching to you today is a revelation. Hunger will take you 
where nothing else will take you. There are things that you will not get in this life until you hunger. And fasting is hungering for God. They would have sat in their self-pity the rest of their life, but hunger caused them to get up out of their self-pity. It caused them to get up and conquer the fear of what will happen if I try. The, the, the hunger, it wasn't anything else but hunger. And sometimes God said, I want my people to hunger physically and spiritually for me. And the spiritual manifestation, the physical manifestation of a spiritual hunger is to fast. And fasting will get you out of your self-pity. And fasting will get you out of your depression. And fasting will move you off of the sidelines. And even though they may have walled you out and people may have said, you're not good enough. When God sees you hungry, he says, I'll make a door where there is no door. I'll open doors. I'll guide you. I'll cause you to see my faithfulness. I'll bless you. And nobody can put a wall up big enough to keep you out of where I tell you I want you to go. When you hunger and fast and pray, Miracles will happen. Turn to somebody and say, New territory. You're headed for new territory. I'm so hungry after God, I'm going to pursue Him with all of my heart this year. I want this year to be my greatest year for my family, for this church, and for me and my personal relationship with my Savior. I'm hungry for God. I'm, I want to be hungry for Him again. I want Him to consume my life. I want Him to wake me up in the middle of the night and open my eyes. And I want, I'm not afraid of the fight either. There's something about when you fast, you absolutely, I, I want to, I'm just going, I'm going to rip all the, 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 the facade away. This is not playtime. You will never be more engaged in spiritual warfare and with the enemy of your soul, Satan and demon powers than when you fast. You have just moved from shuffling papers in the office of the military, you still have a uniform on and what they do is so important and what people do back under the tent at the base is so important. But the moment that you decide to fast, you have just been moved to the front line and bullets are zipping by and explosions are going off. I don't want you to think I fast and I see glory. That's not what's gonna happen. All hell is gonna break loose. But listen, do you want to see See God do what you've never seen him do in your family. You gotta fight sometimes. You've got a hunger after righteousness and you shall be filled. Get hungry. 
March out there. That's what those four lepers did. They marched into the enemy's camp. Fasting is saying, I'm tired of your harassment. I'm tired of you messing with my children. I'm tired of you depressing my family. I'm tired of you coming, trying to enslave one of mine. You can't have my family. You can't have my business. You can't have my dream. I'll fight you in the mighty name of Jesus. That's what fasting is. Here's what got me. Their motivation was hunger. They did not go because they were brave. They did not go because they were courageous. They did not go because they were talented or adventuresome. The only reason they went is... And hunger, ooh, I feel this. Hunger's gonna take people in 2020 where you could never get any other way. It's gonna make you step out of the comfort zone and say, God, I want it so bad and money can't buy it and things can't, can't fulfill it. I'm hungry for you. Their hunger became more of a driving force than the familiar. And at some point, your hunger has to get you past your hesitancy. And hunger will do that. When you fast and you pray, God will open your eyes to who you are, to why you're here again why you do what you do you will see the enemy you will see his lies his deceptions you'll see areas of compromise in your own life but more than that you'll see Jesus Maybe not physically, I hope you do but I've never seen him physically but oh my eyes get open. You say, I can't stay like this. Hunger will make you do I can't stay like this this year. I can't stay like this. I can't sit here anymore. I can't go through the motions anymore of church and Christianity. I can't just go through the motions. I, I need uh, something. I, oh, oh, there's something greater that's supposed to happen for me and my family. And God, I won't give up. I'm going to hunger. And I'm going to let my hunger drive me beyond my comfort zone. Lamentations 4 and 9 said, to be slain with the sword is better to be slain with hunger. One of the translations said, it's better to be, it's better to go down fighting than it is to sit there another year. I close with this. If I had time, I don't have time, I'd talk to you about Esau. 
who fed his spiritual hunger with red bean soup and missed his birthrights. Missed his birthright. I don't have time to preach that. Read the Bible. Came home from hunting, starving. And the Bible said he came home. That means he was so close to home. Everybody say, we're too close to home. And he was so hungry. Hunger's a good thing. But if you don't feed it with the right thing, you feed it with donkey's heads and dove's dung and nothing can satisfy you but Jesus. And he fed it. Instead of feeding the hunger properly, all he had to do was go out maybe a hundred yards and he'd have been home, had a great meal. But, but he, he killed venison. He had food. All he had to do, but his brother came along and said, hey, I'll give you this bowl of beans if you give me your birthright. He lost the birthright. because He didn't feed the hunger for God. But the story of the prodigal is what I want to close on. Luke 15. There was one thing that brought him home. When I'm telling you now, the Lord spoke to me. He said, tell people who've got lost loved ones. Tell people who've got lost family members. Tell people who, who when, when they can't sleep and they worry about certain people, their faces come up, that spiritual growl. Pray for him. Pray for him. Pray for him. Pray for her. You hear it, you sense it, pray for them. Pray for them, call their name out. Speak their name. Because the thing about the prodigal son, the only thing that made him come back home to the father's house was not the nasty pig pen, was not the smell of the hog trough. It was not the disappointment of the friends who abandoned him. There was one reason why he got on the path back to the father's house. I want to read it. Luke 15, 17. He asked himself this question as his stomach was. Y'all like these sound effects? Get used to them. You're going to make your own. Listen to Luke 15 and verse 17. How many of my father's servants have bread enough to spare? Listen to what he says. And I perish with hunger. I will arise. What made him do it? Hunger. And the Lord says, while you're hungering, I'm going to be dealing with the prodigal sons and daughters and what you're pleading and what all the things that's happened to them can't make them do. Hunger's going to get a hold. Your hungering for God is going to release angels. Your hungering for God is going to open their eyes to the path back to the Father's house. Jesus said, Mark 9, this kind cometh not out. They won't ever get out of addiction. But by hungering, fasting, fasting is hungering for God. This kind will not happen. This kind of evil spirit will not loosen his grip. 
Till somebody hungers. Until somebody gets a burden. Until somebody says, God, don't let my family go to hell. Don't let my associates go to hell. Don't let my friends go to hell. I got up this morning. Somebody that, that's in my life is that I see once a month or so. I don't, I don't ever think about this person before I preach. I'm telling you, the moment I woke up, he's lost. He needs the Lord. The Lord gave me his name. And when God gives me somebody's name, that's pretty good because I can't remember your name to save my life 90% of the time. But instantly God gave me his name and said, speak his name now. I got you where I want you. I heard you rumble last night. Turn to somebody and say, it's time to rumble. Raise your hands up. Raise your hands up. All over at every campus, raise your hands up. And say, God, I give myself to you again. I give myself to you again. Oh, God, I want to hunger for you. I can't live another year like this. I need some breakthroughs. I need some change. I need some. I need you to move in my family. I need you to give the guided path to my children and my children's children. I need you to lay your hand on my life. I need you to show me why I'm here again. I need you to awaken me. Righteousness, Matthew 5, and you shall be filled. Stand to your feet at every campus. And I'll tell you, the Lord is in this place. And I'm going to tell you something that's going to happen during this fast. The next 21 days, I decree that God is going, and I don't do that in some egotistical. I say it with all humility. I say it because it's impressed strongly upon me to say it, that God will release miracles upon this people. Notable cancer, leukemia, nodules, eyes, ears, throats, Backs, bones, healed, healed. Your healing shall arise speedily, the Bible said. Speedily, according to Isaiah 58, when you fast, he'll come speedily with healing. So let me say it to you like this in closing. When you're lost, God seeks you of you know that's your testimony you were lost as you could be and and you didn't seek him you you live like a heathen he sought you so when you're lost God seeks you but once you get saved I want to I want to word it like I feel it in my spirit you have you get to Seek Him in seasons, not all the time.
but in seasons. That's why he said in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God. First, in the beginning of a new year, right as you're beginning a new year, put me first and show me through fasting and hunger. That you want my will, my way in your life in a new year. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.